This show brought to you by the new hit documentary, Leaving Neverland. Experience the childlike joy and wonderment that only Michael Jackson's legendary Neverland Ranch, coupled with his childlike hospitality, can bring. Endure the love that only the King of Pop could bestow upon the supple skin of young men. Madonna had this to say about the film. I don't know. I haven't seen the film. But I guess it would be people recounting actual events. But then, of course, people sometimes lie. Right. Because grown men so commonly talk about how an older man stared into their butthole as children while jacking off. At the end, you'll be so glad you got to leave Neverland, you might forget that some people never get to. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk! (laughs) An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a hot dog without a bun. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorball. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. That's Bryce Hansen, and today we <laughs> we have a great show for you. <laughs> we really slaved away this week. We're getting two shows uh, recorded in one day, and I'm excited about both of them for basically the same reason. It's that it it they both brought us through the trenches, and these movies are fucking rough. Today we're reviewing Tetsuo the Iron Man. We'll start we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten. Expect a big upset on today's show. On Tetsuo the Iron Man. Uh, like I said, I'm pretty excited about this. One on this scale is a bad movie. Shocker. Ten is a really, really good movie. And five is a totally average movie. That hits all the marks. So it's what you expect. If you get a five, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just average. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later, we will be doing... Taglines, which is a game where Bryce and I come up with alternative taglines for the movies. Both of these, both of these movies get the tagline treatment. I think this one's getting released after uh, the other one. The other one is Kuso, and uh, and so they were easy to write taglines for because boy were they weird. <laughs> but first, we're gonna plug ourselves. We're gonna tell you about our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com. Check us out there. From there, you can find links to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and the Gram. Also, check out check out our subreddit. Uh, we post new episodes of the podcast every Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review of the pod on iTunes or Stitcher. That really helps us out a lot. So if you want to support the show, that's one way to do it. You can also support the show monetarily, my babies, by, uh, you know, buying anything on uh, on Amazon as long as you just go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. Click through that link at the top of the page. It's a green link. It says, buy stuff on Amazon. You click that link, and then Amazon's like, hey, Horror Movie Talks is doing, this, doing a good thing for us. They're sending people our way. And then they get like, hey, anytime that that... David's uh, listeners buy something on Amazon, he gets a couple bucks. And so does Bryce, too. And that's pretty sweet. So do that. Uh, also, up at that, that same spot, we have a new addition to the website. 
there's a Patreon button right next to that Amazon button, and you can click it and become a patron of Horror Movie Talk. And we don't accept a whole lot of money, because we're not worth it. (laughs) You can donate any amount. Wow. But if you donate $5, you become... You enter the Horror Movie Talk Founding Members Club. So do that. So do that. Yeah, but... Or... Apparently we, I don't know. I don't know how Patreon works, but apparently we accept any amount of money. So yeah, yeah. the sky's the limit, people. Mm-hmm. Really, just I mean, can you put a price on art? The answer is no. Is what we do art? The answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> another way you can support the show is by checking out Shutter S H U D D E R dot com. Go, head on over there for streaming horror. Uh, shows and movies, both of the movies that we watched and are recording for today, Tetsuo, The Iron Man, and Kuso, are available, I believe, exclusively on Shutter currently, as we record this. Uh, if you enter HMT at checkout when you subscribe to Shutter, you get a free 30-day trial of the of the service instead of the normal seven day tr- trial, and you know what? If you decide to subscribe to Shutter for a year, I believe it's only like three bucks a month. They just raised prices, actually. I believe it's only like a couple more bucks than three bucks a month. <laughs> so head on over to Shutter and uh, and sign up, or at least at least sign up for that thirty day trial to watch Tetsuo the Iron Man. Ugh. Ugh. Thanks again for listening. Oh, and you know what? One more thing. Make sure to share this episode or this podcast with a friend. It really helps us to grow. And we like to grow because then we can do more cool stuff like review Kuso and Tetsuo the Iron Man. So without without any more ado, let's get into the show. As I mentioned earlier, we watched Tetsuo the Iron Man on Shudder and Jesus Christ. I don't have any words for this film. Bryce, what uh, what do you think about? Uh, just give me a brief. You look like you got hit by a train. Um, imagine being stuffed into a dumpster full of scrap metal. Mm-hmm. Um, having it the lid closed and locked, mm. and then someone shoves that dumpster down five flights of stairs. Yeah. And then brings you to the top of the stairs again and shoves it down over and over again for an hour. That's about the experience of watching Tetsuo. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right on the money, 100%. I couldn't explain it much better. And in fact, uh, interesting tidbit about this film that we'll get into later, a lot of the actors felt the same way you do right now. As they were filming it. So, so stick around for uh, those kind of fact factoids. Tetsuo is a David Lynchian slash Cronenberg-esque film that aims to disturb with intensity and extreme imagery. Everything about this movie is turned up to the max. It's full of intense mutilation, body horror, and sexually provocative fetishiza- fetishization and imagery. I wouldn't go so far as to call Tetsuo the Iron Man a good movie, as I would call it an important movie. It's not... Let me be very clear. This is not 
in my opinion, watchable. <laughs> All right? So, that being... I, I have such a qualm with saying that this is an important movie. Mm. Like, this is the type of movie that is labeled an important movie, mm-hmm. and you watch, and you just ask yourself, why, though? Right. And so, like, I can't, I can't agree with it. I, I now I struggled for a long time with with what you're describing, and I am erring on the side of of it is important because because we're sitting here talking about it like this. <laughs> okay. I mean, um, among other things, many many people cite this movie as being as being a transformative. Uh, event for film. So, I, I mean, like it or hate it, it's a thing that happened <laughs> that people found important. And uh, and so I will r- at least recognize that. Much like Finding Neverland on HBO. Much like Finding yeah. Neverland on HBO. Yeah, yeah it, this is the thing that happened. People lie all the time, though, so you never... You can't trust people. (laughs) Fucking Madonna, man. I can't believe she came out and said that weird shit. Oh, she actually said that? That I thought you just made that up. No, that's a real quote that came out two days ago. That's why I wrote that joke commercial. So so have you actually watched that yet? I haven't. (laughs) Because, I mean, I'm, I'm mean enough to myself to make myself watch Tetsuo the Iron Man, but I don't know that I could make myself watch (laughs) Leaving Neverland. Uh, Have you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's... I mean, I was one of those people that defaulted to, like, oh, yeah, I mean, Michael Jackson's got a lot of money. It'd be super easy to jump on the bandwagon of he's he's abusing these kids. And I was right there he with just you. Set him, he'd set himself up for, for this kind of danger by, you know, having kids over to his house yeah. and sleeping with them in the same room and you know having a an amusement park it looks highly suspicious it sure does but he's so innocent right i was i was of the same camp i was like look at he's so he's so good yeah and then you watch this i mean even like through the second or third you know trial i was like man when are they gonna leave michael alone (laughs) (laughs) yeah like he's just a weird guy and then only until this documentary it was like oh oh dear oh that's that's much too specific that's very damning and that's too you know independent (laughs) recountings of their experience with michael and it was it was so similar in the specificity of what happened that you're like this sounds like someone's fetish and this is like their tried and tested methodology for grooming and using children for sexual pleasure. The man's been dead for over a decade, too. So it's like, mm, do these grown men really have, <laughs> really have a, uh, they, they, re- they must really be either they were, they, they're really holding out hope to get a little chunk of change from that whole thing, or they were horribly molested in the way that they, we're describing. We're describing. Yeah. God damn! Look at those hot children. You just can't. You just can't keep your hands off them. 
At least so we- enough of this pleasant conversation about child molestation. Let's get back to the. Yeah. So as I as I said, I would call Tetsuo at. A notable or important movie. Uh, With that being said, I found this unpleasant to watch in just about every way. There isn't much dialogue, uh, the story is paper thin, the intent is unclear. What is clear is that there's a decent amount of symbolism here, or at least that people will reason that that this movie is symbolistic. For me, it's hard to tell whether writer director Shinya Tsukamoto intended for the obvious symbolism or whether he was banking on you wanting to read too far into it. I'm feel my feelings as a as a dirtbag human being who always assumes the worst of people is that he was banking on you reading symbolism into it, not actually intending for the symbolism to be there himself. Whether or not that's true, no one will ever know except for Shinya Tsukamoto. It seems equally plausible to me that Mr. Tsukamoto has some crazy kinks and needed to work them out on screen. That seems very, like a very reasonable thing considering what I had to sit through. As I mentioned, this is uh, available on Shudder as an exclusive. It's not an easily understood or interpreted movie, and it's not supposed to be. The synopsis of Tetsuo seems to be, as far as I can work this out from reading shit on the internet about it, that a man noted because none of this is very clear at all. I mean, is is that fair to say? Yeah, it's hard to discern what's happening at any given point in this movie. Right. Did you have a trailer for it? Uh, I yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I guess the trailer was supposed to be right before I started talking, so we can play that trailer right now. Moshi moshi. You might be asking, after listening to that trailer, you might be asking, was that really necessary? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but also yes, because that's the way this movie feels pretty much the whole way through. I'm not just saying, is that really necessary? Although that is part of it. I'm also saying, 
sounds, that's the sound of the movie. This whole movie sounds just like that. Sounds like a man putting you in a trash can, banging on it with pieces of metal <laughs> to some vaguely industrial beat, and then pushing you down the stairs. And it's just unpleasant. Right. So, no, not necessary, but also, yeah, it gives you a good idea. That that little bit of music and whispering is, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. So, as I said before, Tetsuo is not an easily understood or interpreted movie. It's not supposed to be. The synopsis of Tetsuo seems to be that a man known as the Metal Fetishist, which is actually played by writer-director Shinya Tsukamoto, is obsessed with pushing pieces of metal into his body, which give him some sort of high, some sort of... He gets off on this. At the start of the movie, he's getting off while pushing scrap metal into his legs and ends up running into the road in some metal-obsessed stupor. (laughs) And at this point, a man credited as only a salary man, played by Tomorrow Taguchi, hits the fetishist while driving in the car in his car with his wife and or girlfriend, um, uh, played by Ki Fujiwara. She is credited as woman in this movie. The, the story transitions to following the salaryman at that point, who begins to notice little metal objects quickly taking over his bo- body. And from here, it spins way out of control. And the salaryman begins his rage and sex-fueled journey into metal oblivion. I'm honestly, I don't have a real good idea on how to score this movie because I don't, I just, it's hard for me, it's, I don't have a, it was extremely unpleasant to watch, but I do feel like it's an important part of, of cinema. And so, in order to denote that, I'm going to give it a, a 6 out of 10 with the asterisks of I really don't I really don't have this is almost the the human centipede scenario that you described with uh with Roger Ebert where he's just like this movie exists outside of of a score of a of a universe with scoring because it's it's not it's not a like a typical movie in any way it's very strange it's guided by a lot i mean if you're going off of don't stare at me like that like a, like you're, you're so accusatory right now okay go ahead and say what you got to say about Tetsuo. i'm just thinking of of the films that we've rated six or below yeah and uh yeah for me it it feels like the the best explanation of cognitive dissonance is that you've sat through this experience. It's been miserable for it. Oh, for yeah. it, it's been miserable for you. You didn't like it, uh-uh. but you spent time on it, and you have to tell yourself it was worth it. And but I don't I don't like it. That's how the idea that this is an important film came from because. People before us <laughs> sat through it, hated it, but didn't want to say they hate it because that means that they sat through a really, really terrible movie for no reason. And uh, that's a good point. It's like an emperor's new clothes thing. It is. Yeah, there's definitely an element of that, but there's an element of that to 
a lot of cinema, and that doesn't take away from, so for example, Eraserhead. Right. So, I mean, that's that's the other thing is that we say saying that this is an important film and that it affected cinema, but didn't Eraserhead come out like a decade before this? Yeah, uh, more than a decade. So, I mean, this was 1989, I believe. In terms of like avant-garde cinema, where it pushes the envelope of what you can make people sit through. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, is it? I think people have gone through worse by then. I, I mean, don't know, the man. 70s had some pretty weird shit. It did have some pretty weird shit, but I don't think it I think this was this was as grating as anything I've ever seen. Well, imagine every like student film that has come out out of film school <laughs> that there's Yeah, but this is about as important <laughs> as any of those films. Yeah, but those are grating because they're objectively poorly done. And I don't believe that this was poorly done. I believe that this was very... There was a lot of effort that went into every second of this fucking film. There was so much metal and... and and um, um, uh, I'm trying to think of, of, of the name of just... Uh, of makeup, like the amount of effort that went into like the the um the stop motion and all all the imagery it was just so much time that and an effort and and it showed but it was fucking upsetting yeah and it was supposed to be yeah well i don't agree with your score that's fair. I like I'm, I said. I'm, I'm I don't gonna, even. I'm going to be the uh, the emperor's new clothes little kid in this situation. I give it a one out of ten. Wow. This is this movie made me feel miserable. I didn't like it. I don't believe that there's any real redeeming value out of watching it. And it's a really short film, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's only like sixty three minutes. Yeah, it's something like that. And I just like. I want to tell people, just please don't see it. Yeah, this definitely, I mean, like I said, I don't have a real strong connection to my score or this movie. I hated watching it, but I'm, I am sticking to my guns and saying it is, it is quote unquote important. (laughs) So, but much like the room is an important film, (laughs) right? I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, and actually, this has a similar coming-of-age story. The, the the history of Tetsuo the Iron Man has a similar coming-of-age story to The Room. Well, that's the first one that I believe has ever been given out on, uh, on Horror Movie Talk. Yeah. Uh, thus far. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. So, bravo, Tetsuo. And I think that's our widest margin yet. Yeah, I think so. A six-point spread? Yeah. Or a five-point spread, I guess? You're you're saying it's on the better size side of average, and I'm saying it's the worst movie we've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty big discrepancy. I don't know. Maybe I'll... Maybe I... Okay. So... <laughs> no. I... Well, no, stand by your score. You 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 stay stay strong. No, but the thing the thing about it is is 
I, I really, I honest to God, I don't know how to score this movie. I said it going into this. Right. I don't know how to score it. It doesn't seem like it sits in a place where you should give it a score. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like a fucking movie. Yeah, I had the same problem with Kuso. <laughs> it's... See, I'm I'm just not hip enough to like appreciate avant-garde movies. I like you need to do more drugs. I think <laughs> I like films that use avant-garde moments in useful ways, mm. but not like 100% I'm pushing the envelope of visuals and sound. <laughs> no. But why you know, though? You know, sometimes I mean it's like what's the purpose of film? Yeah. And for me, it's to tell stories. Yeah. And the story here was someone wanted to make a film. Or, like, burn the world. <laughs> like, I don't know, like... Yeah, I mean, there's... Well, there's a lot of symbol potential symbolism. I don't know if it's intended symbolism, but... We'll get into the right. things that people have read into this, or that you could easily read into this. All right, let's get into... Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, so Tetsuo, uh, at this point, uh, don't don't listen to this podcast if you don't want Tetsuo the Iron Man spoiled for you. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's a lot of twists and turns. Lots of twists and turns. You're not going to be able to, who knows what's going to happen. Ugh. Tetsuo, as I said before, felt heavily inspired by Eraserhead and also methamphetamine. That is to say, I vividly remember the feeling I got when I saw David Lynch's Eraserhead, and uh, Tetsuo gave me many of the same feelings. I can't believe I sat through Eraserhead because it was awful. It felt like being smacked in the face with every insecurity you've ever had amped up into epic proportions. And Tetsuo, I can see why I sat through it, because I'm rating it. I'm I'm doing a podcast on it, and it was only an hour long. Eraserhead was so long. But anyway, very similar. If you've seen Eraserhead and you don't like the feeling you get from it, don't watch Tetsuo the Iron Man, because it gave me the same feeling. It was, uh, Tetsuo was much more frantic from beginning to end than Eraserhead, and it it felt like an hour-long music video to me. If an hour-long industrial... I actually wrote, wrote down, this feels like a rejected Peter Gabriel music video. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah, or like Nine Inch Nails. Right. Like, it's just... Actually, it was... Parts of this movie were used in a, um, who was it? Was it the Cranberries? I, oh, that doesn't sound um, right. no, I think is they're the, um, it starts with a P, Portishead. Yeah, Portishead yeah. used this. And... Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, it, it, it felt frantic from beginning to end. It was constantly moving and changing frame. The frame was dizzying and upsetting, and it was always moving to the next strange medium. This movie was made up of stop motion. It was made up of 
fast motion. It was had incredibly like um, upsetting or or um, I can't even I can't think of the word right now. Very intense lighting. Uh, so lots of dark darks. I should also mention it was shot in black and white on 16 millimeter film with a tremendous amount of, like I said, intense lighting and lots of stop motion animation and special effects. They went balls to the wall with the special effects on this. The amount of effort they put into making up the Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, that's the the thing that I walk away from is these (laughs) just a terrible, terrible experience of viewing this. And how much effort must have been expended to do it. I, it to make it look like a dumpster fire. Right. Took probably just, you know, hours of planning and, you know yeah. <laughs> taping shit. It seems to like people. It seems like it would have been easier to make makeup. a cartoon. Make it animated. Because then you wouldn't have to live through this horrible shit unless it's your thing. Like that was the other thing that I kept thinking about was like this seems so dirty and and disease-ridden that how like how are they enduring this? Huh. Why are they doing this to themselves unless unless he likes it, you know? Interestingly, this film was just as hard to shoot as it was to watch. Most of it was shot in Ki Fuki Fukiwara, uh, who is the cast as woman. Uh, it was shot in her apartment. And by the end of production, most of the crew had quit or been replaced because the conditions were so atrocious. It should be noted that a lot of the people who worked on this film lived in Key's apartment while they were shooting this whole thing. So all these people who were, I mean, not granted, it was not a large amount of people, but, you know, five or six people in what I can only assume was a fairly small apartment, and they were shooting day after day in this apartment for months on end. Yeah, that's the kind of circumstance where I start thinking, you know, maybe maybe that's an indicator of <laughs> what this film is. Maybe it's it's just bad because the crew is like this is really bad. I'm out of here. There's no there's no overarching plan. It's just a guy winging it. <laughs> is it? And Taping a bunch of metal shit to someone and filming it. I mean, he's he's gone on to produce a lot of notable films. Like what? Uh, there's Tokyo Fist. He did Tetsuo the. Uh, it's the, uh, I, it's the the sequel the or the parallel sequel to this one Tetsuo the Body Hammer or something like that. And then there's a bunch of much more mainstream films that he did uh, into the 90s and 2000s. This one was 89. What were the... I haven't heard of any of those. Well, I mean, they're Japanese films, so... Oh. Yeah. He's, a, he's a Japanese guy. All right. I mean, it's pretty rare for a film from any any other country to make it to America. Usually America is just... the. I, I believe I believe Akira was also done finished in eighty nine, which was the most expensive at the time animated film ever made. Uh, so that's that came out of Japan, I believe, around the exact same time as this. Uh, a better movie, in my opinion, more influential. <laughs> uh, also, 
uh, Taguchi, who played Salaryman, was one of the only crew members who didn't live on set, and he was quoted as saying, It was very tough, so I quickly sensed that if you would stay with them all the time, if you'd lived in this apartment with them all the time, you would inevitably get the urge to escape. So I, I figured that if I could keep some distance, I would be able to last much longer and keep a good relationship with them. It's true that almost every day I went there, another crew member would have left. Uh, one day I arrived at the house and the lighting crew had gone. So I had to do the lighting for Tsukamoto's scenes myself. Toward the end, only only the actors were still around. Nearly the entire crew had given up and left by then. So maybe there is some credit to, to what you were saying. Maybe it is just aimless and, you know, something not worth pursuing. And yet here we are, thirty years yep. later. Yeah, here we are. Talking about it. We're the chumps. We are the chumps. <laughs> That's for damn sure. If nothing else is for sure, that is. Director Sukamoto said years after shooting that he had contemplated burning the negatives of the film because it had been such a bad experience. Even for him. I I imagine mostly for him. This well, now he's vindicated. Yeah. Everyone appreciates this great film. He's finally getting reviewed by Horror Movie Talk. How could you go wrong? This is his crowning achievement. This movie feels a lot like uh, a music video. I mentioned that because of its extremely grating soundtrack of industrial and metallic clanging that's constantly being piped into your ears. Strangely, near the start and end of Tetsuo the Iron Man, there's a chill sort of jazzy number. That's laid over some strange imagery, and the jazzy number, ironically, is the one that to- that's totally out of place, and the industrial um, music seems to fit right in with the theme. Right. Uh, okay, so now I've just got a series of kind of bullet points that are, because that's all this movie is, is a series of confusing bullet points. Yeah. <clears throat> if I had, okay, I'll, I'll admit. I read the synopsis while I was watching this movie. Because, How could you not? I mean, it, that's the other thing. If you watch this movie, like, you won't... There is no, like, real narrative that you can tell yeah. from it. No. There's, like, uh, general ideas Feelings. of someone getting run over by a car. Who? Not quite sure. Um... <laughs> A woman shows up, chases him around. Stuff happens. Lots lots of people getting infected with some kind of metal disease that takes over their body. And then at the end, two men with metal disease fight. Like if I was <laughs> if I was like trying to write my own synopsis, that's what I it would probably sound like. And I was like, that's why I hate avant garde movies. It's you can't tell what's going on. You can't tell like, what's going on. It's unclear whether anyone ever knew what was the, going on. The baseline isn't there. Right. The baseline of this is the story, this is what we're going for, is not there. And that's how you label something as avant-garde. It's like, oh, well, if you didn't understand it, then, I mean, you obviously weren't paying enough attention. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe they just were really bad at getting the message across of what they're trying to do even within the framework of pushing the envelope. So, yeah, I 
I, I read the synopsis because I was like, I would rather kind of know what's going on than try to <laughs> try to figure it out later. And then even after that, it's just a miserable experience. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's get to this. Let's get to let's get to this this part. Definitely by the halfway point, I just, I was like, all right, it's got to be like pretty much over now. I mean, even looking at the synopsis, there's not really much <coughs> left to do here. There's like a fight or whatever. Right. And then I look at the time code. It's like literally 37 minutes into it. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I have another like 20 to 30 minutes of this. <sighs> Anyways. Was so was there anything that kind that was it sounds like at least it got to you uh it got to your sensibilities, right? So what parts of it so when I say that you it made you feel shitty. <laughs> so like what about it cuz cuz like we can start off in in chronological order. There's some industrial percussion and then there's a dude just cu- like kind of cutting himself open and pushing metal into his body. Yeah, like, there's like a big, um, I don't know what you call it, like a a industrial bolt. facility. Oh, okay. Like it's a it's a uh, threaded bolt. Yeah, that's or, probably or a spring could have been. That's that's like the size of like a knife handle, basically. Yeah, and. Big long piece of threaded metal, and it shows him graphically cutting into his thigh Ugh. and shoving it in, and that's probably the most effective part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Like I'd that's say. the only that's that's one of the things where it's like, okay, that might be what catches people, right? And they're like, oh, I'm I'm really interested in this. This is really fucked up. Yeah. And, then and the it's right of, at the start. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is just like, oh, okay. I mean, I I struggled to keep engaged with this movie. I couldn't, I could not care. Like, with Kuso. Oh, there I were was, points where I, was, I cared. I was affected by it. <laughs> I was like, literally, you know, there were moments that I couldn't turn away, you know? Uh-huh. At any given moment in Tetsuo, I was forcing myself to turn to it because I was I could definitely turn away at any moment. I fe- I feel you. The, ya the on only Tetsuo. thing that kept me watching it to the end was that I knew that I'd feel guilty by saying I watched half of it <laughs> in this moment right now. Good, good man, <sighs> good man. Look at you, responsible. I hate it. Yeah, it, it was not uh, it was not fun. Uh, at. at <laughs> So then he hits this guy who's so then this guy who's pushing shit into his body goes running out in the street and the salary man hits him with his car or it seems like that's a plausible thing that could have happened. It's not super clear. Nothing in this movie is super duper clear except like the ending of it is is pretty clear. So the salary man after hitting the metal fetishist is shaving one day. You know, he's just a clean cut guy. He got he's got himself a haircut, glasses, and he wears a tie to work, and he's a salary man. And one day he's shaving in his sweaty, disgusting apartment, and there's a piece of metal coming out of his cheek and he's like, "What in the world is that?" And he goes to to pluck it, and it's a very this is early popping porn. 
because he like touches the metal and just like a big squirt of of blood and and pus and stuff goes up onto the um onto his mirror and so uh then oh man okay what about this woman chase scene that happens in the subway so then the salary man goes down to the subway presumably to go to work and he sits next to this woman who then it seems like he hallucinates maybe yeah this is another thing where i had to read the synopsis to to understand it and it still made no sense doesn't make any sense it shows this woman and she's poking at like she's scratching herself or something no she's she has like a pen and she's poking at like a pile of trash or something yeah and when she pokes it somehow that awakens the metal fetishist or somehow yeah gets him to um possess her body and then make her arm metal it's it makes no sense that that's the point like there's no there's no rules here there's no consistent logic there's the bad guy which is the metal fetishist that is alive and or dead and controls people and or exists somehow (laughs) and it's just I hate it. Bryce's I face is so full. I love Bryce because... No, sir, I don't like it. <laughs> no, sir, I don't like it. Bryce, I love Bryce because when he is done with something, he's fucking done with it. <laughs> like, it's like, no, I don't want to talk. He doesn't even want to be here right now. He's like, can I leave my own house <sighs> yes. and just not talk about this fucking movie? We sh- I should force you to call it a film. Yeah, see, this is one of the things I hate about avant-garde movies is that it doesn't feel like a statement. It feels like I'm watching someone try to figure it out. Right. Or try to figure filmmaking out. Right. It, I mean, that's why if all the you know real avant-garde movies, they're either student films yeah, or someone just out of film school that's like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to change it. I'm going to really really push the envelope, and then they figure out that doesn't work. But it's interesting to hear, like, big-name directors or creators talk about, like, stuff that they're like, wow, this is really pushing the boundaries. Because a lot of times they'll mention weird avant-garde shit that's like, that's like this. And they'll, sure. And they'll, yeah. be, and they'll be like, wow, though. And it's like, but, but this is you. I mean, I guess you can you can get ideas from it. And, yeah, but it's like looking at I don't know. It's like mashing the keyboard to find ideas for a novel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. I remember the letter B. That that reminds me of this other thing that I could write about. <laughs> it's like that's what watching an avant-garde movie and picking the good parts out of it is like. I I whenever I see something like this from Japan and it's it's frequent when we're talking just about Japan I I have to ask the question how Bryce how did the Japanese maintain such intense fucking weirdness where does that come from why is why is this insane in like drive to create ultra fucked up shit why is that in Japan what is it that I don't understand a lot I don't understand about Japan, but I mean, 
Where does this come from? I don't know. It's probably a mixture of um, like societal trauma from having a couple nuclear bombs dropped on you or that's, atomic bombs. That's the go-to. And l- losing a war that everyone was 100% all in on. Yeah. And having a super, super, even even after the fact, having a super, super strong monoculture. Yeah. The that, strongest. That exercises, you know, its influence very heavily through everyone's life to where there's probably just such a drive to break through that or to challenge it mm-hmm. somehow or to commentate on it mm-hmm. that it produces some pretty weird shit. That's a good it's point. It's like when, when you have like <laughs> when you have like a super, super conservative Christian that, you know, worries about whether holding hands too early in a relationship right. is a sin. Like they can get into some pretty weird shit. Yeah. If they if they allow themselves to like del if they allow themselves to dabble. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden it's like, oh yeah. He he likes torture porn or something like that. I don't know. It's like Yeah. The, the, human, the suppression the, human, yeah. the suppression creates the obsession. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, they're also I mean, one of the most effective warrior cultures ever throughout history. Like I mean like every form of martial arts came came out of Japan. Like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. They're definitely they're definitely a um, in a super interesting society, and this movie <laughs> it proves that point, I guess. Um, then uh, it's kind of weird. The first half of the movie, you kind of see like this inner Iron Man, kind of like it's almost like he's thinking. Like you kind of alluded to it in your description of the woman poking through the trash it's almost like little things like excite this this inner iron man within him or something like that where something will happen and then you'll get this brief look at like this little guy who's like turning the gears inside him or something like that i can't quite tell Well, that's like the metal fetishist isn't it yeah i I think so and it's yeah it's so he gets excited because he's fetishizing it i like that (laughs) The metal fetishist is the label that the American right. version gives to th- this guy, and then if you translate the Japanese of the credit, on, the credit yeah. for the the guy, it literally just translates to guy. Guy. <laughs> then there's this guy. <laughs> I, if that doesn't tell you. The amount <laughs> that we read of, into it, yeah, that we read into it, and the amount of effort that the filmmaker themselves, who he played that character, if that doesn't tell you the amount of effort he put into creating it, I don't know what does. Hey, so like, what should we? So for the credits, we only got like six people to so, credit. So I'm. Hold on, let me tell you about this movie idea I got. Okay, I'm a guy. <laughs> I am enthralled. Go on. And I really like torturing myself with metal. I'd get off on it. And then... I'm a little less enthused, but go on. The guy gets hit by a car. 
Oh, the, uh, you and you're, you, yeah, we're I'm, talking I'm about... I'm the guy. I'm okay. the guy. Yeah, okay. I'll play it. I, I can't possibly convince anyone to be in this movie um, more than two or three people, so I, I got to play one of the roles. Okay, so, but when you say the guy, you're talking about the, talk, character, the character labeled the, guy. Yeah, Okay. Guy. All right. So the guy uh, dies, and the um, the other guy that hits him... Well, that'll be too confusing to, to say that they're both guys. This this other guy's like a salary man. Oh, like a nine to fiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So salary man hits hits the guy, and and then the guy. I don't know. We'll work it out later. But I've got access to a to a dumpster and a scrapyard. Oh wow! My uncle owns a scrapyard, and like I've what got, kind of like is are we talking like. Like just aluminum and and steel, or are we talking iron we're, too? Is iron involved? We're talking wires. We're talking iron, cast iron, wow. steel, Holy steel wool. Can I meet your uncle? Threads of 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 metal, wow, and, and bolts. You know, we got all you know cars. Whoa! Pretty much every every kind of metal you can imagine. What about like molten? We have access to. Is there molten metal? Um. No, but I got some Vaseline that I can make look like it. Wow. So, you have access to Vaseline? Um, obviously, this is going to be a great movie. Yeah. No, I'm on board. Um, all right. I would like you to be my director of photography. Deal. I'm in. <laughs> and scene. Guy. Guy. <laughs> So one of one of the one of the quote unquote themes of this movie is definitely rage and sexual frustration. It's a it's a mainstay behind Tetsuo. Rage as a transformative force in the human body and the desire to self destruct while watching the world burn with you is something that I think many can relate to and a part of this movie. It's a frustration thing. It's this movie feels frustrated from the get go. And I'd say that that's one of one of the maybe not symbolisms, but themes of this movie. One of the core, uh, another one of the core components of Tetsuo the Iron Man is the symbolism with technology taking us over. I think this is the the low hanging fruit and the only piece of symbolism that I'm really privy to. As we give ourselves to technology, we begin to lose control and morph with it into something wholly disgusting and non human. Technology takes away the human aspects of us, like love and compassion, and leaves only rage and weird sexual... I don't like it. (laughs) Weird sexual desire and frustration. And I'd say that's pretty spot on for 1989. But but part of this sexual frustration, how about that sexy metal lady doing sexy sex things with that metal donger while she waits for... while, uh, while the salary man waits for insertion? You remember that? Yeah. You... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. Ugh. She was dancing around, and her dong was all prehensile. Yeah, and it was like floating around at him, and he's like, he sure was. <laughs> he's waiting for. He's like in the corner, like you gonna. What are you gonna do with that big prehensile wiener? What did she do with it? Uh, it alludes to sodomizing mm. salary man. Yeah. Yeah. So edgy. It's kind of like an iPhone commercial if you think about it. <laughs> How so? Well, you know, technology—you get fucked by it. Okay. 
you know, uh, planned obsolescence is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So the dong falls off. Right. The dong falls off and then his dong comes full force. I'm sure that'll stick with you. What about the drill dick he grows? His drill wiener. So as he's as he's adding metal things to his body, as metal things are erupting from him, and he's like, ow, 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 this hurts. This gigantic metal donger springs forth from his loins and twirls around like it's driven by a hand drill. You know those, you ever watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> yeah. Are we talking the movies or the the TV the TV the, show the cartoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So you know the little like underground mm. drill mm. vehicles that yeah. the foot would come up through the earth with. Yeah, it's basically they made a dick out of that. That's right. That's exactly what his dick is. It's one of those foot soldier uh, underground tunneler deals. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is starting to make so much more that sense. We've d- identified how it influenced pop culture. Yeah, but I believe that cartoon was actually a little bit like, wasn't that like... No, it was after. It we, had to have been after. We watched it after. You do some detective work. You, fi- you find out. Uh, no, sir, I don't like it. Oh. Well, the comics came out. Oh, sure. first, first animated series was 1987 yeah. to 1996. Yep. So... Tetsuo was derivative of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It got a little bit of influence from from the Foot Clan. <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt. I felt like it's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started in '87. Uh, so he reluctantly feeds that girl and some metal sound effects. Then she kind of licks a hot dog with some metal sound effects. Uh, then the drill dick attack happens, of course. Uh huh. Um, and then he asks her if uh, she wants to taste uh, a taste of his sewage pipe, uh-huh. which is one of the very few pieces of dialogue in the whole film. Yeah. The other thing about this this film, we watched it in the original language, but it still felt overdubbed. The sound was always off. Yeah, yeah, probably probably because to disguise the they had to get rid of the the audio from the original recordings because his, the neighbors in the apartments were like, can you fucking, are you goddamn serious right now? What's happening? Is that a drill dick? What's going on? Why are you doing this? Uh, oh, can you imagine being that person's neighbor? <coughs> yeah, weird, weird sex sounds with like spring sounds and <laughs> it sounds like they're... <laughs> They're fucking on top of crumpled up, like, sheet metal. <laughs> Why is there always clanging? Are you are you cooking down there? No. <laughs> are you making an interociter? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, then they have some... I mean, I'm just going to kind of go down through the bullet list. Uh, then she stabs him with a knife through the neck. He's fine with that. Then they have I'm killing you sex while uh, she's killing him with a knife, and they have sex during that. There's sex and metal and sex. Mm-hmm. And then there's sex and more, more metal. More sex. And then there's some wires that come in, and they, like, tear tear his dick apart. Oh, okay. I'd just like to say that these actors are pros to be able to do any of this with a straight face. To, like, sit there in that makeup and shit and be like, uh, 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 
you know, and be all serious about it and not be like, fuck you, Tsukamara or Tsukamoto. Uh, there's lots and lots of filler that's probably great or means something to a fetishist. Like, if you're... I, I think that's my biggest takeaway for this film, is if you're super into, like, sticking pieces of metal into yourself, man, this movie's, like, the holy goddamn grail. If if you have a sexual fetish where you're like, I just... I really feel like I need to... I need to put a wire into my wiener right now. Hmm then Tetsuo the Iron Man is for you. Lots of awe-inspiring shots of this travesty of a person. Then they bring a cat into the mix, which I fucking upset me. I was... I, you know what? I think I'm going to change my score. <laughs> they brought a cat into it. And then you were all like... No, sir, I don't like it. Yeah, I need some of that hell nah up in here. And then my notes degrade. They turn into this is kind of gun to me when they're when the when the battle is yeah, taking it, it place. Tur- it very suddenly at the very end, it turns very <laughs> Japanese anime ish. Yeah. Of like, all right, now two giant mechs are gonna fight. Except the mechs are just Dudes. people that rolled around in scrap metal yeah. with glue. With glue. With super glue. Yeah, there's a lot of high speed uh, stop motion. It, like imagine this. So imagine high stakes Power Ranger bad guy battles. <laughs> That's Tetsuo. <laughs> it's you do remember Power Rangers yes. and the bad guy fights. This is the same thing. This is the precursor to that. Right. This. This. That's where it got. Influ- that's where this film influenced pop culture. It's through. <laughs> it's through. Power Rangers. We're going to identify how influential this film is. Which is not really f- super fair because this was influenced by Godzilla for sure okay. in those Gundam or in those uh, Power Ranger fights. Uh, um, when I watch these things, here's another note I have. When I watch these things, the Japanese seem like one big culture of nerds who LARP on community college campuses in America. <laughs> Do you know what I, like I mean? The- <laughs> I like the explanation of, like, uh, w- when Americans ask, like, why are the Japanese so obsessed with giant metal robots fighting each other with swords or, like, sword play and stuff like that? And then the Japanese response is like, well, it's cool. Like, Isn't that I, cool to you? Isn't that cool? Don't you think that's kind of fucking cool? And then you, you like, upon, yeah, re- upon reflection, you're like... Yeah, it is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but doesn't the inner child in you like that a lot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, there, there it is. I do like giant robots fighting, so I mean... <laughs> so then at the end of the film, the metal fetishist and the salary man, they mutate together, and the, the salary man's like, this feels fucking great, as he's like throwing up metal goop. And uh, and then they say together, let's mutate the whole world and make it rust till it crumbles into the cosmos. And then they do that. So, and then I say, Bryce, what the fuck did I just watch? A dumpster fire. Pretty much. It means nihilism. Mm. It means destruction. Okay. Yeah, ultimately, Tetsuo the Iron Man is a part of film history and a cult classic. 
And while it didn't do anything that hadn't been done before, the energy behind it is undeniable and intense. Everyone will have an opinion about this movie, and they will want to talk about it. And for that reason, I enjoyed the idea of Tetsuo, and not so much the experience or the movie at all. So the final recommendations of... No, sir, I don't like it. My final recommendation is this is not a movie that anyone that I know will enjoy because it's (laughs) enjoyable. It's good. Do you like enjoying things? (laughs) (laughs) This movie is not for you. (laughs) It's good because it's important. It's good because of what it allowed to come after it. Maybe. You know what? I think, though, I think really, though, it's not. I'm kind of getting angry at it right now. Yeah. If it's important, is it important if if you didn't see it, it won't matter at all? Like, no, who, who, what asshole would say, like, you can't appreciate film unless you see Titsuo? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that guy. <laughs> I uh, mean, maybe I do. I can think of one, one person who might say something like that. I think I might change my score <laughs> and move down a bit. I don't know what I'm landing on exactly because I still I still do feel strongly about my original statement of I don't I don't think this movie even really deserves a score. It doesn't feel like a fucking movie to me, mm-hmm. really. It feels right, like right. in a a music video. Can you yeah, you can't compare it to other films because this is barely a yeah. film. Yeah. It's it's fucking strange, but I guess it's like a proof of concept. I guess check out the post. I guess yeah, you should go to our website horrormovietalk.com because I will ruminate on this movie for however long it takes us to put out this episode. It's going to be at least a week or two, and uh, and I guess I'll land on something lower than a six by then. Maybe maybe it'll be a ten. Mm-hmm. Wow, maybe I'll go way up. I just surprised myself with that. <laughs> Who would you recommend this to, Bryce? No one. No one? If, yeah, no one. I'm not going to recommend this movie to anyone. He's so irritated. He's angry that I asked that question. Just doing my due diligence. Yeah, um, I, I, I give it a one. Like, the on the scale of one to ten, like, this movie did make me angry that I had to watch it. Yeah. Good. Like, that's, it, it made it easy. I'm like, oh. Okay, this is the worst movie we've ever watched. <laughs> a one. A one. Yeah. Like, I can... Thinking of any full moon production, like watching Jack Frost w- was would be orders of powers more enjoy- enjoyable than watching this movie again. Yeah. All right. All right, let's do taglines. Here's tagline. So taglines is a bit where Bryce and I think up alternative taglines that are funny or poignant for to to go along with the movie that we just reviewed. So for Tetsuo, the Iron Man, 
I'll let, uh, how many did you get? I, I would imagine this was a pretty easy one, uh, kind of a hole-in-one for you. I wrote them while we were talking. Go I've on. Got, I've got four. Ooh, I've got four also. Okay, you go first. Oh, I go first. I was going to say you go first. Okay. Um, I'm getting some stuff ready. Tetsuo the Iron Man. Makeup done by rolling around in trash. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. That's exactly how the makeup looks. Mm -hmm. All right. I have a video clip. This is from a show called Metalocalypse. Okay. (laughs) All right. Listen up. First things first. The conditions down here are repugnant. It's infested with rats, molds, and some strain of flesh-eating virus. Pretty metal. Pretty metal. (laughs) Oh, is it? Your staff is dying down here. Is that metal? I hate to say it, but... Yeah, yeah. not to be contradictory, but it's very metal. Is it metal to have your trains clogged with dead-rotting employees? Yeah, it is, actually. Metal. <laughs> is it metal to have easily avoidable work-related accidents the cause of death? Yeah, again, metal. Is it metal for none of you to care at all? <laughs> yeah, it's way more metal if we don't care about it. Wow. I guess I uh, didn't know all that stuff was metal. <laughs> anyway, follow me. <laughs> it's pretty metal. The, the, uh, the one thing this movie is, fucking metal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tetsuo. The crew was right. <laughs> uh, Tetsuo, or as that translates to English, English, tetanus. <laughs> That's a good one. For sure. I like that. Tetsuo. It's important because I heard it was. <laughs> oh, burn to me. Uh, I got I got another another clip here from Metalocalypse. This is Pickles, and he has a lobster in his hand, and he's talking to the, uh, the clerk at the grocery store about lobsters. Okay, hold on now. So you're telling me that you put these little guys in boiling water, and they shriek, and they turn red, and they die. Yes, sir. That is the most metal thing I ever heard in my whole life. High five. Metal. Tetsuo. Oh, my God. Sorry. Tetsuo. (laughs) Frank, what the hell are you doing, man? It's my character. I'm the trash man. (laughs) I come out, I throw trash all all over the ring. And then I start eating garbage. And then I pick up the trash can and I smash the guy on the head. Oh, that's going <laughs> to From Always Sunny. Uh-huh. That's great. I'm the trash man. <laughs> Tetsuo. Imagine high-stakes Power Rangers bad guys battles on speed. Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Not even once. <sighs> so, do you have any more? Nope, that's it. So that was taglines for Tetsuo the Iron Man. Uh, you guys should check it out on Shutter. Go ahead and grab grab yourself a copy of that Shutter. Enter HMT at checkout. Get that thirty day free trial. <laughs> Go ahead and check out Tetsuo. You got anything else for this this ill fated episode about about a movie that we both kind of really dis- despised having to watch? Well, let's just move on. All right, and with that, thank you very much for watching, for listening to Horror Movie Talk. We really appreciate it. Make sure to to share this podcast with a friend any way you can. We really appreciate it, especially if you made it this far. I think you owe it to us because um, because we had to sit through this piece of shit.
Uh, like I said, go ahead and check out Shutter. Enter HMT at checkout if you would like to support the show. Uh, and another way to support the show is by going to our website, horrormovietalk.com, checking out all of our reviews, checking out some of the blogs, and clicking on that Amazon link up at the top to do your shopping. Go ahead and bookmark that link anytime you got to go buy, you know... Um, a bunch of metal wires and shit for a movie that you're making for your for your college uh, level <laughs> film course. Make sure to click that link to buy those, and uh, and also make sure to you know if you're interested in supporting the show heavily, uh, be- you can become a patron on Patreon, which is now a button at the top of our website. It says become a patron or something like that. I'm sure you'll be able to work it out because you're a smart, discerning individual because you listen to the show. Special thanks to... I don't know. I, it, Tets- Special thanks to the filmmaker for Tetsuo. taking our time. Yeah, you really did a great job with yeah. this. And with that, have a great day. We really appreciate you you know, stopping on by and I don't like it.